Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, hello, and welcome to Tech Magic, the podcast where we explore all the different news that are happening in the technology, gaming, innovation space, you name it. I am your host, Kathy Hackle, and I am here to break down the latest innovations in tech, fashion, space, everything in between, uh, and to talk about things and whether they're going to be the future or they're just a passing fad. Uh, and I am being joined, as usual, by my guest co-host, who is amazing, Lee Keebler, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me back. You bet. I've you gotten bet. such good responses from people from this podcast. Like yeah. it's crazy. Uh, like people that I don't hear from often are are hitting me up and are like, "Look, I'm listening to this podcast. I'm really enjoying it, and it's just uh, it, it's just great." It is, and I'm getting yeah. like people saying like, "Hey, you you guys are really having fun. It's really." You know, they're geeking out to the conversation. Um, I've gotten a few people tell me, um, you know, and okay, I'm, I'm going to say this, but like people tell me that it feels like the Pivot podcast, but more about gaming, right? More about like some of the other stuff. Um, so I love that. I'll you know, it, I'm, I'm a it. huge Pivot fan. So any type of compliment <laughs> like that, I'm going to be like, oh, yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. So, you know, glad we can geek out over, you know, everything happening in in the tech space, but also talk about gaming and talk about crazy, you know, all the crazy stuff that's happening. It's, it's fun. I, someone had, and I think I told you this as well, but someone was like telling me what they thought about the podcast. And I'm like, well, what do you think about the dynamic in they're Like, oh, it's like, there's a good cop, bad cop for technology. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I know who the bad cop is. Mm-hmm. I think I know who the bad cop is and it's not me. <laughs> it is not me, Lee Keebler. Um, Right. So how was that? How are the last couple of days for you? What's up? It was great. Um, yeah. I mean, here we've, we've entered a weird, we've got some weird weather going on. I always seem mm. to talk about weather, but like, that's a Portland <laughs> thing. Like that's what we do. That's if you a Portland ask us thing. How's, yes. Yeah. If you ask a Portlander, like, how's it going? Like, well, let me tell you about the weather. Um, yeah. <laughs> we've hit this weird ecological, uh, atmospheric river is what they call it. Wow. Um, and it's, so we've got a, we got some street flooding going on right now. Oh, yeah, it's it's kind of like that uh that scene from the movie It where it's just like all of the the water's running down and you expect to see some oh, like yeah. kid in a yellow rain jacket running after a red <laughs> balloon. It's just kind of creepy right now. Yeah, that's ooh, that's scary. <laughs> Takes me way back. Hold on, is this It like the first version or the newer version? 
It's the same both. The same version. <laughs> I mean, the same, any version, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like Tim, like the Tim Curry kind of like yeah. it. That's like the original. Yeah, that's what I think when you think it, but my kids think like the newer one, right? So the newer yeah. one's so scary. It's so Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. even like, yeah. They haven't watched it, but they've seen like the memes and the images and yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And nah, Pennywise and, you know, so. I never Ooh. thought I'd be afraid of a red balloon, but you move to Portland, you see this much rain and like water going into the storm drains. I'm like, yeah, no red balloons for me. I'm good. Please no. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so scary. <laughs> Run the other direction from the red balloon. Oh my gosh. Well, I've had a, a great couple of days. So obviously I can't talk about it, but. Uh, went well, to, then the show's over. Okay. The show's let's- over. <laughs> <laughs> went to Apple um, and that was great. Uh, yeah. I mean, I got back from New York a couple of days ago, been kind of working with the kids on a lot of like their end of school year stuff. So that's been great. I okay. Get okay. To- I know you can't say anything. I know you can't say anything. I know you can't say anything. I can't. I get that. I get, I get it. I get it. Let me just ask this question. And then you can tell me if you can say anything. Okay. I can't say anything. No, I cannot Is, say anything, Lee. Okay, I'm, just, I'm still going to ask the question, and you can just say I'm, I can't say anything. <laughs> Is the future bright for the Apple Vision Pro? That's I can't what say I, anything. Literally, say. I cannot say anything. <laughs> Literally, I, I am like, yes, I cannot say absolutely anything. So I will not say anything. The only thing I'm authorized to say is that I went there. Um, that's all. That's all. So like I've seen a couple, Just to the Apple store them. in general, right? Like the, the, the DC <laughs> Apple store. for iPads. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so that was interesting. And then the weekend I spent time with my kids, like thinking through their, their holiday list, all that stuff. We got into some, into some interesting conversations and this is going to tie into some of the stuff we're going to talk about. So um, we talked about um, the Oxford's um, Oxford Dictionary's word of the year is the oh, word yeah. Riz. Okay. And, and, and for, for those who don't know, because I was definitely in this and I'm like, what the heck? What's what? Right? <laughs> yeah. It's short for charisma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they all use it literally. Like my son's class, they have like these teams and one of them is like the Rizzler Twizzlers or something. Um, you yeah. know what though? It makes more sense than my generation's use of the word fat. Okay. Like <laughs> it, it just, I, I can't hate I, like Riz has like, okay, it's short for charisma. I can deal with that. Like, I don't know where fat came from. P H A T. Yeah. Like, that was my, I have to own that generation. <laughs> I don't know what, but we all said it, you know? So I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. It's like words fetch, are fun. Fetch for mean girls. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Um, which by the way, mean girls is coming back, right? Oh yeah. They're- Did you see the Walmart ad for it? I haven't seen the Walmart app, but I am so excited about it. Um, I always internally laugh at myself when I'm with my my daughter, especially, and her friends. And I'm like having these really cool conversations because I'm like, oh my gosh, like if you were looking at me from the outside, you probably think like I look like the mom, uh, Regina's mom. I'm like, yeah, that's not what I'm trying to be here. I'm like, I'm, I'm cool. I'm not like the other moms. <laughs> and you're like, sure, you're not. <laughs> sure not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but, you know, we got into talking about like 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 the word of the year. And my, my my son was like, that's not true, mom. You're not you're lying. You're just pretending to be cool. And I said, no, really, the word of the year is real. And um, yeah, we got into into talking a lot about some of the stuff that's happening in some of the video games this weekend. So I know we're going to go. We're going to talk about Fortnite quite a bit because, as you you know, we we definitely spoke about it last week. And we got some of those, you know, some of those predictions, right, uh, of potential things that would happen. So I'm very excited that we dedicated some time to it last week. And and now we can go full in. But 
I mean, in my, um, in my son, like my daughter's middle school chat, they were talking about the Eminem skins for the Eminem concert in Fortnite. Um, you know, I got a text from a friend of mine. She's like, Hey, do you have any special codes? My son was in the queue, got kicked out. So it's like all these, like all the, the at least the, the younger gen alpha that I'm exposed to, they were all like excited about it or, you know, and my kids know Eminem it's- through me. So I yeah, think and that's the thing, yeah. right? Like it, it is our generation's music yeah. that somehow has crossed a barrier and is not like there's not a generational gap here. Um, mm-hmm. and and I think that's one of the biggest strengths that this technology holds. And that's all I'm going to say on this segment because it's like an entire conversation <laughs> for like segment two or three. I saw in the like the show notes. So like I know, no, we're going to go I'll down. Um, but yeah, then I asked them if they want to go to the movies and see the Beyonce concert, which crushed mm. it at the box office yes. and they were no they said no because this is really interesting the posters for the beyonce concert um in the movie theater were very scary to them um they had they this, say like, like they give specific on that no they they just look like um it's like this silhouette of a woman and then it's like extra arms or something but it's she's like it just gave them gave them a weird vibe so they were scared by the poster and you know they're still very young and they're like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. mom, I think we're going to skip that. Um, so I thought that was interesting that to them it was like, mm. now, did they go to the Taylor Swift concert oh, yeah. movie? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Of course. Of course. Of course they went. Uh, not my son. He was like, eh, but the girls, the girls definitely went big fans. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm glad um, to see both of them succeed, though. Both of those yeah. have done so well. Like, I think well, it's I a love really... that they're both like helping each other. Like, yeah. you know, t- Taylor Swift showed up at Beyonce's like premiere. So. Yeah. 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 Which in and of itself is great because of like well they used to be yeah it, yeah it well, was drama yeah but anyway you you go ladies you go ladies crush it crush it at the box office i love this um okay so let's get into it um i think we're going to dedicate a lot of time to fortnite so maybe let's start with some of the things that are happening with um musical artists and avatars yeah, it makes you sense. You can start there. I think that'd be yeah. really interesting. Um, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, you and I were having this discussion about the Beatles and the song that they um, they brought, you know, that did great in the charts. Now and then, um, yep. Now and then, right, which a lot of people really enjoyed. I, like I said, I got chills when I first heard it. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff happening uh, for people that have not uh, been to London or known um, ABBA, the, you know, the famous Swedish band. I believe they're Swedish. Um, Dance and Queen. Yeah. And they uh, they actually have a show in London uh, called Avatar Voyages. I believe that's ABBA Avatar Voyages, uh, something like that in London. And it's a whole show with them performing, but there's like they're in avatar form. Um, there's these like, let's call them holograms, whatever. There's no light field. Oh, you know, holograms. I hate that word. You I know, know I they're it. not real holograms. Let's call them holograms. Um <laughs> <laughs> but it's more Pepper's Ghost, to be honest. But anyway, let's not go down that route. Um, but yeah, it's like a whole interesting show. I haven't been able to see it yet. I I I, I need to make it to London next time uh, I'm in town to go see it. But there's been, you know, I thought we were going to see a lot more of these concerts pop up. But now what you're starting to see is that starting to, um, to happen. So what happened with Kiss is that in their last performance, at the end of the performance, they unveiled this version of themselves in avatar form mm. that are going to live on, right? Yeah. Creating music, et cetera. So uh, you must have a lot that you want to talk about regarding this. Like, what are your thoughts? You know, I think I, this doesn't surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. And it does not surprise me that it's Kiss, right? Like Kiss, Kiss is a band that 
has always kind of been on the forefront of marketing themselves, mm-hmm. not necessarily the music. And that's not, I mean, that's, that's not true. a dig. That's each not person, a dig. Yeah. Each personality from a personality perspective. Yeah, yeah. And they are already walking avatars. Like they just <laughs> that's are, a good point. they have been avatar. Like you're talking yeah. about a, a rock and roll band from the seventies that like made Scooby-Doo cameos, you know, like they, they've always been out there trying to figure out like, how do they take these, action figure human beings of themselves and, and propel them into something new. So seeing them and let's be real, they're all getting up there in age. Like I've been on tour. I've been in that, I've been on those road buses and it wears on you real quick. Anyone who can do it for decades like that, that's, I know everyone thinks that it's easy and you're living in, in nice hotels or whatever. It's still hard. And that just, surprises me that they've gone this long without you know retiring so having a way for them to offload a lot of this and and still continue on um it just makes it makes a lot of sense i don't think it's the last we'll see of it by any stretch Mm -hmm. and i also take issue with people saying that they're the first you know u.s based band to do it but i don't i don't actually know if i agree with that statement maybe because i mean i'm thinking of like gorillas have always kind of played along this line before avatars were even a thing um you know there's 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 plenty of of you could you could bend it as all the way you far back as like like oh the monkeys God. right like the, the monkeys, monkeys were the monkeys did we have that conversation <laughs> about the monkeys being the original boy band um you know not the original boy band but in the in the way that we know it now right yeah yeah yeah, yeah that showy uh kind of perspective so um, i don't know like but it is cool and it makes sense and <laughs> i think we're going to continue to see bands not only retire in this fashion because yeah. it's it's longevity and in, in a way it's musical it's longevity and it's financial you know financial yeah. their estate is going to continue to receive funds you yep. know they've got to do it you know while they still have an audience right that wants to continue to listen to them that can share that with younger audiences yeah um, yeah, yeah i i personally think it took too long from ava ava from the voyages show to now seeing kiss doing it i mean those things take a lot of time to do but uh, you know, I thought yeah. we were going to see a wave after the um, Avatar announcement stuff, and some did, but like actual shows, I feel like it took a long time there. Personally, well, you know, I, I what what really propelled this gets dark all of a sudden. Thanks for this. Um, <laughs> let me let me bring the wet blanket here. But I mean, a big part of it was those you know year or so in in mm-hmm. COVID lockdown was a big proponent of virtualizing concert tours because artists still needed to get out there, and, and it did very well during that. And then all of a sudden, once concerts were able to come back the ability to get out of the house and go do that became the novelty in and of itself that we had once forgotten because we didn't realize it could ever be taken away from us so i think that there was a psychological twist where we thought oh this is going to then perpetuate itself very rapidly but then there was this like moment of just freedom celebration of the fact that you could go to a concert again and that became part of that experience and as we're seeing things like Beyonce and Taylor Swift be able to like Mm -hmm. repackage their live concerts into something like this. It would not surprise me. I'm not saying this is happening. I have no insider information on this. Do not read into this listeners, but it wouldn't surprise me if like down the road, those shows don't also get repackaged into virtual performances down the road. Um, One of the best virtual performances I ever saw and has happened many years ago. And it's an artist that I talked about on the last show was Imogene Heap. Um, Mm -hmm. She, she did a a show through wave XR and it was, Mm -hmm. it was so real and emotional and, 
and unique uh, to, to what I'd seen. And it's a real shame that due to like licensing agreements and changes in hardware and stuff like that, sometimes those things don't last forever. So yeah. it's not like I can tell the listeners to go check this out. You can't. Um, yeah. But, There's so much content from immersive experiences that is like yeah. in a graveyard. Like, nope, maybe one yeah. day we'll get to see it. Yeah. Um, it, it to that point, uh, so I'm going to go see Madonna in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm just say very hi. excited. Huh? Just, to just, hide. No. just to say hi. <laughs> just in a concert. Um, <laughs> I am so thrilled. I am so thrilled to go see her. I cannot wait. And that's one of those um, artists that I think could live on for a long time. Right. So yeah, I, think yeah. I would like to see her do something like that. Yeah. It's, it, it'll be interesting to see if, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of these artists, there's been a, a, like this lull gap of like, now they want to come back. They want to do a comeback tour and it's a refresh of relevance. You know, um, and and oh, indeed, that, or, or they have farewell tours every other couple of years. I'm like, mm, are we still saying goodbye? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a feeling like U2 is going to be definitely on on that trip of like they say goodbye until they're actually gone. <laughs> like, there's certain bands yeah, you like, just know. Oh, it's their last concert. Wait, what? No, we're kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, I, I'm really excited to see Madonna. I think she's one of those, uh, you know, iconic artists that I would love to see because she she's like uh she has so many personalities, right? Oh yeah, and I'm going to say this. This is like weird, but for some reason, when I was reading the Kiss story and thinking of them as how they've marketed their brands and how they are like, you know, Gene Simmons is someone, but then he's like a persona on stage that is different mm. than who he is. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know if you remember. This was like in the 90s. And the people that are listening to this are probably going to be like, oh my gosh. Um, do you remember when Garth Brooks? Oh, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Chris my gosh. He launched this alter ego. Yes. And it went, it flopped. It went really badly. But I'm like, well, with these technologies, I mean, they're going to create multiple versions of themselves that could be, you know, whoever Madonna X or uh, like, yeah. maybe he was ahead of his time. Maybe this will work in some yeah, yeah, virtual yeah, yeah, yeah. form. I don't know. But tell folks what, what he did. Because it's, <sighs> I, you know, I don't, I, I lived through it and I'm from Nashville. So like, I, I kind of like, we kind of all had a front row seat of like, what the heck is what going is on he here? Doing? Yeah, and and this is all being pieced together because I wasn't expecting to talk about this. So it's like things from the 90s in the back of my head put together with scotch tape. So this is probably completely inaccurate. But if I remember right, like there was actually like a video or a movie, something was happening in the background about this person, this fictional person called Chris Gaines. And so the idea was he was acting or playing a role and it was like method acting for something that then never came out. Yeah. And the fact that it didn't come out is what made it not make sense. And then everyone was like, did he go crazy? He didn't go crazy. Like there was a campaign for, for something that then like didn't happen. That's but what's was in there, the back. Wasn't there a song? See, I, that's what I don't remember. I do not remember. I remember it was a, oh, there was a whole album. Ways. There was an I album. It was an album. Like, but yeah. yeah, it was like, who, what, Garth, you were doing great in country. Like, what are you doing? Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Like, now I was thinking about that. I was like, well, this is interesting because with virtual, like with these virtual concerts and the virtualization of the artists, like they can become whoever they want to be. They can be Madonna X or they can be whoever, right? Totally. Um, they can be different versions of themselves throughout, you know, throughout the different times. I mean, we're going to talk about the Eminem thing, but the Emin oh, yeah. Eminem is a really good example because he's an artist that has always had a split personality mm -hmm. written into his like, for lack of a better word, lore, 
right? Like the yes. Eminem, Slim Shady, Marshall Mathers lore. There's definitely like a storyline there. Well, so Kiss it, has it, a lot of lore. We're not going to get into it. Oh, oh my totally. goodness gracious. Totally. Yeah. And, and I think the most bands that get, I was actually surprised to see ABBA do this first because mm. it, it's like, okay, it kind of makes sense, but there was never any like, like story for them. Like, I don't know. They were just kind of a band that I'm sorry, ABBA fans, like I felt kind of <laughs> got forgotten. Um, so to see them come out on the forefront with like new technology and a new approach to the music industry and it, and beat people that I thought would do it first to the finish line. Total shocker for me. Yeah. I'm glad they did it. I'm glad people are starting to talk about it now, but you know. I think we but, should take this show on the road do it live in certain places and go to London and then we'll do a live show, not at the Ava concert because that's not going to happen, but we'll do a live show in London. Hypothetically, I'm just, you know, spitballing here. It. it could happen, right? Let's put it out there in the world. Um, 2024 yeah. has got a lot of openings. Sure. We can do something. We can <laughs> Anything could happen. You know, come for, the, come for the next day for the magic. Who knows? Um, so yeah, I think it took a little longer than I thought, but you make a good sense that, you know, we all went back to live experiences and wanted yeah. to be with other people. And then what I thought we were going to see by this point is, yeah, I love seeing the virtual avatars and, and the creation of these things. I thought by this point we would be seeing a lot more volumetric video live mm -hmm. into virtual spaces. And I don't know if you remember. Well, yeah, remember we did that oh, whole yeah. thing in L.A. where mm -hmm. um, for Metaverse Fashion Week, I volumetrically streamed in live into the central land for the opening. I was the chairperson of the first Metaverse Fashion Week. And, you know, that was like to me like. We pushed the technology so hard to be able to do that. It was only two minutes. But in volumetric, by the way, people, it's like, let's use the word hologram. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a hologram, a but yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I, you could yeah. see me as myself in 3D in the central land, right? So, like, I really love that idea. I love the idea of the concerts with avatars, but also eventually, wouldn't it be cool if you see the avatar, but then they turn into themselves and then they go back? I don't know. But I, I think it's, I, I, yeah. I hope there's more volumetric in the in the future. What do you think? I think there is volumetric content's just very heavy and there's a lot that even Amazon, we were talking about this on the last episode, mm -hmm. Amazon had a whole section of like, how do you stream volumetric through AWS? And, mm -hmm. and it's a good question. Um, there's not been a standardization for it. And I honestly thought we would see more of it because of the power that the, the new iPhones for like the last three generations have been able to do volumetric capture pretty well, yeah. even if it's a static image. Um, but I think a lot of it is the integration into game engines. I People forget game engines are actually pretty archaic in many ways. They're, they're a little, everything has to be tweaked into those, those pieces of, of technology and they were never built to handle those formats. Um, so it does, it does gets a little, it gets a little crazy. I was creating volumetric hologram business cards that had like, yeah little ar or qr codes on it that would like little ar me would pop up and this was back in like 2016 2017 yeah. um and you could create that content with basically an off-the-shelf xbox connect camera yeah. um and so yeah it's it's one of those things where i think most people don't know we've been able to do this for a long time and if there's not active people saying this would be really cool then you I don't know. People are kind of chasing the other shiny objects, but yeah. I don't think it's over. I think it will eventually happen. 
No, I, I do too. And, you know, it, just like you, you and I have connected over Volumetric because we both love it. And I think you and I are one of the, some of the very few people in the world that can actually produce Volumetric, which yeah, I love yeah, that yeah. we have that common, that commonality. Um, for me, actually, um, in 20, get this, 2018, I was like, what if I create the world's first holographic press release? I was working I in PR. That. Yeah, I did that. So, but I, I, I was like, well, I wonder if anyone's done this. So I went to, you know, I went to Google, <laughs> of course. Now it's ChatGPT, of course, but, um, you know, I went to Google and I, and I wrote, you know, holographic press release. And what I found was a story from 2016 that was kind of like an onion story. It was like a fake April Fool's Day joke um, about a company launching a holographic press release with, like, with Princess Leia. It was, it was, a, it was an April Fool's Day joke. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. fast forward two years from 2016 to 2018, I brought it to life, creating yeah. the world's first holographic press release, which you could actually see in Snapchat. It was really early. Like, this is something people weren't doing. So, like, when people ask me if I've ever created or invented things, I'm like, yes, I have. Like, yeah. I worked with a really amazing team, came up with this idea, did this, and. Um, yeah, there's actually still articles out there uh, in VR Scout and other folks that covered it. So very, very near and dear to my heart. Um, yeah, I don't want to call if volumetric is future or fat because I want it to be yeah. the future, right? Like, I so I, I'm just still kind of <laughs> waiting for that to to for people to even catch on and, and grasp the concept. Um, well, let's say future or fat for me. It's it's got to be part of the future. Like the the files have to get. You know, the, yeah, it can't be, they can't be as heavy as they currently are, but I'm sure we'll get there, right? I, I have well, a there, feeling. There's that some it's really interesting there. ways to work around that. I came, mm-hmm. I, I worked in, and this is all public knowledge. I'm allowed to say mm-hmm. all of this, but I worked at Intel. I worked um, with the department that did all of the sports volumetric. Their approach of using like voxels, um, mm-hmm. for people who don't know what that means, it means instead of like it being an image, it's, it's a point of light kind of like a screen has a pixel. So it's a pixel, but it's in an X, Y, and Z yeah. space. So it's in three-dimensional space. And if you put enough of them densely together, you see an image just like pixels on a screen. Um, and, and that act, that I believe that is the way to make these type of, this type of content broadcastable mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like these large, heavy uh, formats. Yeah. But it it's a lot of math and it takes a lot of computing and it takes some, it takes a lot of work. And we're just- well- on the cusp of it. I have a feeling that through AI, AI and like better computation, we're going to achieve it. It's just going to take a while. So I'm going to agree with you. I think it's future. Uh, I just don't know when. I thought it was already going to be here, but oh well. Yeah. Totally So, agree. Okay. So now I want to go on to uh, our next story um, about what do kids want for the holidays? I don't have and, kids, so I don't know. Uh, you have kids <laughs> in your life, though. Come on. You're around kids. <laughs> you're a kid. You're selfie. But anyway... <laughs> So here's what's on my Amazon wish list. <laughs> well, for most of these kids, they're actually saying that they don't want physical gaming items, that they want V-Bucks or Robux, which are the digital currencies inside of some of these games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, you know, they want digital currency and subscriptions more than new games. Uh, they want, you know, they, they want, it says here, boys, like the split is 86% in this study that came out. Uh, 86% of boys and 59% of girls are asking for video game st- stuff. Uh, 39% want game subscriptions, 29% want in-game currency, uh, 22% want physical video games, 
So very interesting. I I mean, I see this with my kids. This is so very, Santa very can basically trade his sack for like a fanny pack and be good, right? Oh, like yeah. he doesn't need the big <laughs> sack full of toys anymore. It's just like, all right, here here's your gift cards. Kids. Here's a here's your Roblox <laughs> gift card. That's really the hot item. Any birthday party I go to with my kids, it's like Roblox gift card, Roblox gift card, Roblox gift card, V Bucks. Um, so yeah, like definitely is, that, is. I mean, I know the games. I'm asking you as as, yeah. as a, a parent friend. Is do you think that that is because they're just obsessed with the game, which I can accept, mm-hmm. or is there a part of it of like having the freedom and autonomy of having their own currency to do whatever they want? Yeah, it was always it, nice to get like a gift card when I was a kid because I could go to Toys R Us with mm-hmm. Toys R Us Jeffrey Bucks. I don't know. I'm really dating myself here. Jeffrey they, Bucks. Oh you know God. what I'm talking about, right? Little. Oh like, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Had had a the giraffe in the center of the yeah. dollar bill. Yeah, yeah. I got stacks of those when I was a kid, and <laughs> you felt like you had money. You were like, you yes. Go, <laughs> go buy your Legos or or like video <laughs> games or whatever. But um, like, is that is it the psychology of that that makes it appealing, or is it just the sheer popularity? No, no. I think it's the the autonomy, the fact that they can you know buy whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, they can trade, they can do, you know, this, you know, decorate their houses and adopt me whichever way they want buy whatever skins that they want. Like, I think it's more about that. I don't think it's like, you know, I, I guess they do look at the number that they have, like how many Robux do I have? But like most, m- most of my kids are like not saving their Robux. They're like right. spending them in game. <laughs> um, and, and I'll give you an example. I, I shared this in the news last year. I said, when my kids were asking, like, what is auntie so-and-so sending us, right? I said, well, they're sending you, let's say, hypothetically $40. And they could immediately, like I said to you before, they could make that conversion. Right. They could immediately make the conversion from U.S. dollars to Robux. Um, so, you know, it, it's to me, it, it's it's something that's going to continue to happen. They're, they're, very, they're very excited. Like, I even asked my son, I was like, hey, do you want a PS5? And he was like, uh. No, mom. <laughs> I was like, really? I, I want like, a PS5. Want? You got extra PS5 laying around? You just handed out <laughs> PS5s over here? <laughs> Send the PS5 your way. But he was like, no, mom. I just want blah, 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 right? I was like, oh, wow. That's interesting. He was like, no, I don't need the console. I'm good, mom. I'm like, wow, okay. So I don't know. Um, you know, so this is interesting. Uh, See, what know, I hear is that the hear? public school Please. system just needs to convert their math classes over to Robux <laughs> and then they'll do fine. Like that's that's actually what oh, I'm yes. hearing. Yes, I, that could be so funny. Johnny has 20 V-Bucks and he wants to <laughs> he wants to change that into 30 Robux. I mean, that, that would be so funny. They would all know what to do, which is the most hilarious part. Uh, you just got to make it practical. Education is just practical application. That's it. That's it. <laughs> So that's that's really interesting. Um, I I think we're going to continue to see this. I think this oh, totally. is not a fad. I think we're going to continue to see uh, kids wanting, you know, um, you know, digital currency or subscriptions in inside the games that they love. Future or fad? Oh, it's a hundred percent future. I mean, yeah. we've we've watched the trend uptick, and mm-hmm. um, I've not seen a, a distinct. Uh, correlation for like adults like there's not really something that kind of fits into that gap really i mean some video games you can consider steam to be kind of like that if you use steam like your video games are never tangible in that sense Mm -hmm. and you know every console has downloadable games but that's about as close to a one for one that i can i can think of um that is like digital assets that adults are are, are collecting i've not seen that connection yet but we'll see yeah, I mean, maybe NFTs at one point, but 
<laughs> That's a bad word now, apparently. So we're not talking I, about hey, that. I've never said it was a good word. You know this. I, <laughs> oh, I know. You, bad cop, good cop here. Ooh, yeah. So, so, sometimes you win arguments. <laughs> <laughs> you did win that one. I have to say. Touche. Yes, you went. I was wrong about some of those things. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So now I want to go to like, I think where we're going to spend more time, which is games, 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 gaming. Um, I don't think this is like a gaming podcast, but I feel like we talk about it it's so much. It's the industry, though. It, it is, it is what propels yeah. the spatial, the interactive, the immersive tech is because of this industry. So it's, it would be disingenuous not to. Right. Like we we build so much of the functional tech out of the game engine itself. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you ignore that? You can't. Yeah. Um, I want to before we get into it, like I want to talk about some of the news out there. Um, big shout out to Catherine Winder. Uh, she's a former Lucasfilm executive that is creating a time traveling chicken game to help kids cope with climate change. It's called Future Chicken. And she's doing some really interesting stuff there. So big shout out to her. Any woman in, in gaming. it's adorable. It is super cute. Like, good job. Good yeah. job. This is so fun. Um, so I, I, I want to help support topic, her in any way right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's about um, helping kids cope with uh, ecological anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's just so much of, and I think that that's such a, not just that particular topic, but the idea of like these different areas that we need to take a moment back and realize how much media and how much our conversations and how much our impact on like global the global environment, not just the green environment, but the environment in general, they hear it and and it creates a whole other path of anxiety. Um, so having something, having different avenues like this that can yeah. help wade that is something that I'm really glad to see. Yeah. And it looks great. I have to it say does. so. It looks super fun. I mean, it, yeah. But look at the pedigree of where it came from. It's like yeah. Lucasfilms and it all this background. Look <laughs> it looks amazing. So that's exciting. Uh, also the game awards are coming up and they put out a trailer uh, that is getting everyone hyped up about the games of 2024 that are coming. What did you think? What did you think of that trailer? We're going to include links to all of this, by the way, in the show notes. But so you know, the thing that got me with that trailer is because it uses a lot of the cinematics from like the cutscenes from video games. Yeah. So there was a lot of times where I was like, I know that game. I played that game. I'm like, what? What movie is that from? Because we're getting to this point where the video games are. Get, maybe I'm getting old and my vision's getting bad. But like, there are cutscenes where I'm just like, that's just a movie, right? Like that's just a movie I didn't see. I have no idea where this came from. Um, but, uh, the stuff that I did see in there that I recognized, I was super excited for. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, uh, Zelda and Tears of the Kingdom from Nintendo. I'm glad to see that in there. It was such an amazing game. Um, so yeah, we'll see. You know, one of the things that I'm surprised we are not hearing more people talk about, and it doesn't deserve to be in the game of the year award. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm just enjoying it right now is Meta finally released with Ubisoft, uh, Assassin's Creed yes. in VR. It's like the first major AAA. Well, I can't say first major AAA because technically Tetris Effect was out there and I love mm-hmm. Tetris Effect, so I got to like hand it where it deserves. But to see Assassin's Creed arrive on the Quest headset uh, and play it, like it is just so good. It is so fun. Um, yeah. Well, and in time for the holidays, I might I might add. So tis, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, tis the season for, you know, VR. <laughs> As someone who like started playing that with like the early Xbox days, like back in like 2010 and seeing it, I loved the game when it first came out. Um, and it was like 20 something when it came out, I, I was obsessed with it and to see it now in VR and to be able to like step into a role uh-huh. of like this franchise that I've been following for 
decades uh was what a what an experience and they did they did it right you know it's not a perfect game but um they definitely proved that vr can do a triple a title it's very good yeah 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 and they, they could do it well do it well and i know um i think was it during MetaConnect that um mark zuckerberg was talking about it on stage mm-hmm. i believe he was mm-hmm. really excited yeah. so yeah i haven't i haven't demoed it to be honest i I'm going to be very, very honest here and people are going to kill me, but my MetaQuest 3 is still in the box. Um, I need to find some time to put it on. Um, you know, I might be doing some Zumba maybe. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I've just been so busy traveling and it's still there. I love, like, I love the Quest 3. I do. It's mm-hmm. the inside out tracking. And this is where you know I've been doing this for too long. <laughs> I love how quickly it tracks the room. And like creates the barrier and like all of this stuff that was just a little clunky and mm-hmm. non-immersive. You put this thing on, you still see your room. You watch like these pixels crawl across your floor, and you can tell it's like actually tracking the three-dimensional space. All of that is so magical to me. But that's because I'm impressed with yeah. what's happening in the hardware. No, well, it does the meshing users. really fast. That's what I yeah, hear. It does like it, so, it meshes it, yeah. very fast, and then boom. And that's you know. But if you're just going to play video games code. in it. If you're just mm-hmm. going to do like Supernatural or you're just going to do some Zumba or you're just going to do Beat Saber or whatever, your Quest 2 is fine. Yeah. Um, I, I, were you the one that was telling me that you're folding laundry while wearing, while wearing your medical? No, 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 no. I know who you're talking about. That's a, yeah. that's a mutual friend of ours. That, okay. But no, that's <laughs> no, I'm not that obsessed. No. He was like, yeah, I use it while I fold laundry. It's like, that's actually a brilliant idea because I get so bored folding laundry. Um, so Yeah. <laughs> But I was like, is that you? Well, someone was doing it. So that's no, that's, I actually know who you're talking about, yes. but I don't want to call him out on the air. So. It's all good. So I think we're going to have him on the show eventually. Um, I do think um, the MetaQuest 2 was on sale. It was like $75 off. I, I got friends reaching out to me saying, hey, can I buy, should I buy this for my kid? Kept saying, buy him the Quest 3. <laughs> They're like, I don't know if I want to spend the money. So um, I, I do feel that we're going to see probably a lot of, and it happens every year, right? Some We're going to see VR headsets under the, you know, under, under the tree. For sure. Again, it's it's a heavily adopted product, but it's heavily adopted by a younger generation. And mm-hmm. so I've been saying this to a lot of people that have come and talked to me about like, well, what is the user base of VR? Is it still fledgling? I'm like, it's actually not fledgling. It's just mm-hmm. not the the millennial generation. Some people have it, but the Gen Z and Gen Alpha, like, holy cow, they all have one. Um, it's, it's, it's quite wild, uh, to, to, I've gone camping and seen kids out in the woods. That's, that's crazy. (laughs) With their, with their quest headsets. And at that point I'm like, what have I done? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You should be enjoying nature. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I don't think my kids will ever bring a headset. Well, you know, I actually never say never, never say never. I, I can't say that, but I would normally not want them to bring their VR headset. Um, we only have one for the family, so. Um, but I would normally not want them to use it. Like if we're going camping, unless like they really need to log in to do something or see something or, you know. What possibly know. could that be, right? Like the I don't Eminem know. concert. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe sure. that's what we need to talk about next. <laughs> well, Great way to segue into that conversation, Lee. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's go no, games, 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 right? I think we should just have a, a section called games, games, games every games. week. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, Fortnite's Eminem concert, um, yeah. you know, huge success, big announcements with Lego. Um, 
you know, how many users was it this that were just concurrently? Oh, I didn't together? see the user count, but I can't imagine. Oh, it I'll was pull small. up the number. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like Fortnite is like they're just crushing the numbers. They're they're doing so well. And then the concert was fantastic. It was, you know, a bit of a, a kind of crazy to try to get in and stuff, but once you once you got in and got to experience it, it was amazing. I didn't do it live, I actually watched it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um someone had pre-recorded the whole thing. And yeah, it was it was amazing. It was just I watched so it with my seven-year-old next to me, and she was like, "Wow, mommy, that is amazing!" And she was like, and "Now, oh. before you get a bunch of like angry parents, let's let's qualify. Yes. There was nothing obscene in this performance. It was yeah. all edited. <laughs> like she's not watching this with a seven. No, no, no. This is yeah. This is <laughs> like just, slim. I saw the emails like, coming in from that, and I was like, Yeah, yeah, no. no. <laughs> Calm down, people. <laughs> Calm down, parents. No, no. We watched like the whole thing on like the skins that people are wearing. And then they had to go through all the like the car experience. Like, yeah, there was yeah. like then this Lego village. And she kept saying like, oh, my gosh, mom, I can't tell you how excited she was about the Lego part. Um, That's great. Yeah. And then I'm once the, once like Eminem was performing, she was like, oh, I know that song. And then she checked out. Um, <laughs> but the Lego part. Well, the music's just oldies at this point. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> you said it. You said it. But I, I play that song a lot, you know, in clean version, um, you know. But anyway, will, it used to be the song I used to walk to on, like, when I wanted to walk up on stage. That's a song um, everybody walked to up on stage. Right? Before it got, yeah, got politicized. Lose Yourself was. Lose Yourself. That, that, that song intro, everybody for, like, 20 years, if there was a stage to walk on, that That's song it. was playing. I remember social media marketing world. I spoke, I've spoken there several years, but the one time I got to speak on the main stage, they were like, what's your song? I was like, that's the song. Play it, please. So lose yourself. Um, but like, anyway, okay, play track on- three again. Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I do want to say something about the music on that show though, on the okay, performance. Do it. And this is for the tech technical people out there. So UEFN import, like all of this has to be built on some like level of, of unreal. And there was an article that we discussed a couple of shows ago about how they were struggling to do the the voice animation for the like last verse of the song called Godzilla. And it is, I think it might actually hold like the Guinness World Record for most words per minute in a rap song. It's something like that. Um, and it's insanely fast. And yes. so as I'm watching this concert and I'm looking specifically for that, the whoever animated yeah. The 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 lip sync for that did not get paid enough. It was impeccable. It, impeccable. I can't even talk. I was so impressed by it. It it was spot on. As you if you really looked at the the mouth animations of av- the avatar for Eminem doing this incredibly fast rap song and the engine didn't bulk at it, I was flabbergasted. Like that, that I know how hard that work is, especially for something that's rendering in a game engine. We're not talking about like rendering this in cinematic tools. This has to be rendered in a video game engine and one that has been pretty well kneecapped because it's got to support the entire uh, uh, Fortnite, you know, Mm -hmm. game platform. So I don't, I actually watched, that was the most thing that most impressive thing for me on that entire show. And what really got me was like, most people probably didn't even notice but it deserves the nod. It like, deserves to be talked about. So and remember I mentioned it, like I, I posted an article that was talking about how he was rapping so fast that he was breaking the reactive skins. Yeah. yeah. And that was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. 
It reminded it. me of when we worked together on Walmart Land's Electric Fest. Yeah. Um, that was exactly where I went. I was like, I know how hard this is. You, this is crazy. So when we were producing Young Blood uh, for Electric Fest, and he's he's a, a young you know performer, super high energy. He kept train. He kept breaking the suit that we were using. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to a point where I was like, Hey, can you like bring it, bring the energy down just a little bit for the sake of the technology? Yeah. And it was funny because he was like, No one has ever asked me to bring down the energy, right? Everyone wants super high energy all the time, but I needed a clean capture. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so it was like, okay, so the technology hasn't caught up to Youngblood or Eminem, um, you know. So but they we'll made it. Eminem's but they made it. Like they cleaned that, it up. I'm sure they had oh to clean God. that up heavily, right? And it had to be. And stuff. Oh, I'm sure they had to, but that means someone sat there and worked hours every and syllable of that song and mm -hmm. made it. it there's no auto plug-in for that. Like that is digital art in my my book. I was just so shocked. It was it was great. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, well done. It was interesting because I read this thing where people were disappointed that it was short, like a short concert. I was like, I don't know what they were expecting, but right. producing these concerts is a lot. Like, a lot wait, how long was Electric Fest? Was it? Um, Electric Fest was shockingly long in the yeah. grand scheme of things. So it was about 30 minutes it was just mm -hmm. over 30 minutes it was three artists and each artist was doing three songs yeah it may be one of the longest concerts in roblox i i think it is yeah. the longest concert it, in roblox it definitely has the most artist changes in in a concert in roblox to date um it, that was a very complex show artist changes and wardrobe i mean we did all yeah. their virtual couture which was crazy we did it in record time I mean, I went to LA and worked with each one of these artists to choreograph them to make sure that they knew what we could and couldn't do with the tech. Yep. I mean, yeah, I, I wish more people w w knew like about that that work we did. It was fantastic, though. I mean, well, uh, it, over the course of what uh, three days, I think mm -hmm. it, there was like about one hundred and twenty thousand unique yeah. visitors. So, like a good, and that's the thing that's really shocking is the amount of foot traffic that this type of entertainment, even if it, the show's only like a ten minute show with mm -hmm. Eminem, Eminem is a big one of the biggest yeah. artists in the world undeniable sells out arenas there's no arena big enough to handle the type of traffic mm -hmm. a show can pull like this yeah. right like that that's the value add when it comes to this of like yeah you got these you know thirty thousand. i don't know how big a venue is and that's like but it, it just gets dwarfed when you start mm -hmm. seeing what internet numbers for an event like this can be it's yeah. shocking well, that's why I think like venues like TSX Entertainment that are you know New York and are going to yeah. have you know already having those concerts where the stage opens up to Times Square like that just takes it to a different level. So for the artist, it's it's definitely a lot more a lot more people engaging with the with their you know with their concerts and their yeah. music. Um, so that's really good. And then the Lego part, I mean, like I said, my seven year old was literally she could care less about Eminem. It was all about Lego. It was all, yeah. she doesn't play Fortnite, right? But she was like, oh, mom, now I understand why you're playing Fortnite. Um, I was like, well, it's more than that. But uh, but yeah, the whole Lego part, I mean, and congratulations to everyone at Epic Games and yeah. Lego who have been partnering on this for months. Um, our dear friend, John Bazell, um, you know, oh, yeah. he, he was he definitely worked on this really hard. Um, congratulations. I mean, I, I yeah, just hats job, off man. to Epic and Lego this beautiful like lego's look. always been on the forefront of like yeah. new technology when i was in high school they were playing with like uh robotics heavily they just started like lego robotics and that was a big part of them getting back into school systems and getting back in front of kids like they're in a very positive educational stem focused way um you know they they've 
they've just kind of been one of this one of these companies for a company that basically just makes plastic bricks that snap together they've stayed relevant and for any like buddy who's not seen it there's there's an episode on on netflix for uh the toys that made us that's about like the history of lego holy cow is that such a good it's like 30 minutes long but it's just mind-blowing how close to extinction they got to like pull out of you i can't imagine the world without lego like i I can't like i my kids it's such a big part of their lives um yeah like it's their building tool like yeah i mean my son is a roblox developer but his first tool and he still builds in with lego like he, his list includes a lot of the architecture architecture sets yeah from lego yeah. right now mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so oh my gosh that's so crazy and then they have the lego styles um as well that are you know available and and yeah just a lot more stuff coming from them on december 7th so you know hats off big congratulations to everyone at epic games and lego that have just done, you know, I, I mean, I cannot wait to see what else, like, I don't know. I, I'm just excited. They'll do something that we're not expecting. They always oh, yeah, do. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there will be lots of twists and turns and interesting things that happen. And, um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just so happy that, 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 they, yeah, that this is happening. So, you know, I'm a, obviously a big fan of the Epic Games team, big fan of Roblox, big fan of all these amazing teams. So congratulations. Anyway. Um, Anything else you want to add about Fortnite, Eminem? I'm waiting. No, I'm going to wait until December 7th to see what else comes. Okay. And, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I would be really interested to know the correlation of new, and, and no one's going to give this data out, but I would yeah. love to know the correlation of like, okay, Eminem drops this Fortnite thing what did Spotify do after that? Like how many, uh-huh, you know what I mean? Point. Like I, I really would love if I could get my inform- hands on the data of what that conversion rate to like new streams because people, cause it is a, it's, hey, it's that's a startup idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but people still hold <laughs> that data. I'm sure is- someone can hack it. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. no, I'm not saying you should. I don't, I'm not saying people, you should go hack this information. What I heard was <laughs> Kathy told me. <laughs> told me to go and do this. No, I'm not saying that. Um, <laughs> I'm the good cop here. Okay. I'm the good cop. <laughs> the good cop here, Lee. Come on. Um, so yeah, let, let's wrap up the games, uh, the game section. And by the way, guys, anyone that's listening and has like really cool gaming news, like send us an email, like let yeah. us know, like what's, what's happening. Cause there's so much, like, I feel like we, we, like we share our stories. Like we have a Slack channel where we share a lot of these stories and we never make it to all of them because there, there's so many stories every single I've got to go through and like highlight. Oh, like, I want to talk about this one. We got to get to this. We have to do, <laughs> I do this it every, one. I do that every week. So crazy, crazy. Um, but I know there's one that you want to talk about specifically yeah. uh, that was in the MIT. Was it an MIT or Harvard business? Uh, it was MIT an MIT. Review? Yeah. MIT. Yeah. Okay. Um, that talked about the environmental impact of generative generative AI um, prompts. Yes. So what are, yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't dive deep into it. I just remember it said like, it, it's the same as, well, maybe you can fill people in because yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not prepared to, to talk about this. No, that's fine. I can talk about it. Um, it's, it's the MIT technical uh, technology review. Um, and the basic headline is making an image with generative AI uses as much Im- energy as charging your phone. Um, and so there's this whole eyebrow raising, uh, question of what's the ecological impact of utilizing AI models to do calculations. Now, in some instances, as they found with 
um, like text-based AI uh, models giving like research and answers and things like that, it's incredibly small. Like it's actually a positive use of the technology. Um, even doing creating text a thousand times only used as much energy as like sixteen percent of a smart of a smartphone charge. Like it was it was minuscule amounts of of energy. But then this this study goes on to start looking at where where things like image generation causes a significant more amount of. Um, energy consumption. And I, I took issue with this because they kept going back to comparing it to the act of charging a cell phone and how much energy it takes to charge a cell phone. Um, but it doesn't ever actually break down what that offset looks like. And my argument for this, and this is where I get really irked mm -hmm. about articles that are written like this, because it's a very interesting article, but they're definitely utilizing this weird litmus test of what energy expense is valid and what isn't. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at it going, you're, you're comparing it to charging a cell phone. Okay. It's relatable. Mm -hmm. I can understand why you're doing that, but let's compare it to a person opening their laptop and sitting at it with Photoshop for like the next three hours, creating the first draft of something. Hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. expending so much if for a human to go out and make that image. You're expending so much more energy, right? Like you, you've got hours and hours of, of, um, development time, mm -hmm. you know, that goes into making one image and it, you might get the sketch of it by the end of the day. You know, one of the things that they, they compared to this was, um, that, creating and i want to make sure that i get my data correct here yeah uh, I, I am curious about what is because i do hear that like and, and it makes sense to me in some ways that from a compute power perspective that there is an environmental impact right, right? if you're running these the, you know all, you know if you need so much compute power and you need water and you need energy and all these sorts of things so there has to be an environmental cost right, right? i just so, don't know what the equivalent is so what they said here is generating a thousand images um, with a powerful AI model is the equivalent of driving 4.1 miles in an average gasoline powered car. But, and I think that raises eyebrows of like, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. That's a thousand images and it's 4.1 miles. The average person, at least in Oregon, in my city, commutes 25 minutes a day and that's if they live close. Most, I mean, that's average. Mm, so there's a good amount of people who go, commute, right, you know, close. so yeah. like, and they're not in, in a graphic designer going to their job does not generate a thousand images in a day. Right. So if you really want to talk about the 4.1 miles that a thousand images take up, let's put it in practical terms of a human having to do that and what that energy consumption looks like. All of a sudden, the whole conversation, that whole dynamic shifts when you start breaking down what a single human is capable of producing in a single day and the fact that they've got to do their own commute and they've got to sit at their own computer that's burning its own energy and they then have to go out and have their lunch breaks and they got to do all of these other things. The second you start breaking down what the human, just human life's in, environmental impact is, and then you look at that answer and you say it's a thousand images. 
That seems like a good trade-off to me. And we haven't even gotten to a point where we have actually started caring about this question. So we're on a good trip if mm-hmm. a thousand images is the same as four miles of... I don't know. It does worry me, I have to say, from a compute power perspective and running some of these things and like how I, I just... I don't know. Like, I feel like I need to dig, dig deeper into, and into that's the what thing, is the environmental still, cost here? Right. Cause I guess from a, from a, from a data, like a data center perspective, like there are, this is, you know, you need a lot of energy and water. So you, you, there is you a do, cost. you do, but it yeah. shocked me that the, I mean, the, the specific this is, article, the yeah. specific, this specific article from MIT's technology review, it's their study is saying that a thousand generated images is the equivalent of driving 4.1 miles mm-hmm. in a standard vehicle. And that's what got me is like, that sound like I might have a reaction. That was that specific piece of data, right? Yeah, it was that specific. Yeah. Cause as that's I thought specific. about, I don't think I, I don't generate a thousand images in a day. No. Like, no, like <laughs> Not I don't even like, a month. Like no. I don't need that many images. No. So like, as, as you start looking at it and it flat out said, using it for text is actually ecologically sound. Like it is a minuscule amount. Everything burns energy, right? On some level, it's such a low amount of energy that it's better than doing your research through like Wikipedia and Google. Like it's just better to ask ChatGPT. It's actually greener to do that because it's burning so little. Um, But then it gets to the image thing and I'm just like, I'm reading it. I'm like, I get what you're trying to say. But I'm not. I'm not buying that. That's actually a negative. That actually sounds mm-hmm. pretty impressive. And we can do better. And we should. We should be aiming to do better. But I'm. I'm surprised at how good that actually is when you break it down mm. and think about. Well, humans had to do this. <laughs> so yeah. That and how many humans are really creating a thousand images when they sit down to do this? So right. that's, that's a very valid point. Um, I, I think you know maybe for next week. And this is something I've been thinking a lot about lately. Working on, on an article. Uh, talking about how, in my perspective, 2024 is going to be the year of the large vision models. So right now, everyone's LLMs, LLMs, LLMs. Like I really, you know, as a visual people, as people that work in spatial computing and all these different things, I do truly believe that that next step for AI is beyond LLMs. It'll be large vision models. And that's kind of where we're heading. Um, I, I was It's something I've been tracking and thinking about and, and, and kind of exploring uh, as I write this article for a couple months, um, I first, first kind of really got into large vision models uh, when I was at an event in Silicon Valley um, near Sand Hill, where all the VCs are. And uh, large vision models came up several times. Um, and it was kind of like not something a lot of people were talking about. But I do feel that in the next couple of months, as we get closer to, you know, to spatial computing becoming potentially a reality, um, large vision models are going to be yeah. something incredibly important. So I, now that you're saying that, like, I don't know what the, like that's, that in itself is going to require like having computing It'll power. It'll take a lot of, yeah. But how well, much yeah. power did we just shoot into the atmosphere while we were trying to create like cryptocurrencies on the blockchain and FTX sunk everything? Like if mm-hmm. we're going to actually do this and get something out of it, we should at least look at the one for one exchange. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that what are we actually getting? How does this make our lives better? Is there? Yeah, no, no, I agree. What are we saving in time and humanity? Cause just being a human is, is not a good cost trade for, yeah. you know, the environment. <laughs> 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 we just expel energy. Like that's just kind of what yes, life is. That's what we do as humans. So what are we saving on the back end when we do this? It seems like yeah. AI might be. And I'm not smart enough to give you the full data. That's why I'm reading these articles to everybody. But it does seem on some surface that AI might be actually a green technology. 
I don't know about that. I think that that might be going a little too far. I don't know if I would call it greed per se. I'm going to be bad cop here. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I feel like that might said. be taking it too far, too far. But a we'll thousand, see. A thousand text inquiry, like queries, was less than 16% of charging an iPhone. And they were like, that's really darn good. Like, yeah. that that's pretty solid. But yeah, I don't know if I would say it's a green technology per se. Like, I think that's t- it's pushing it. Um, but anyway, I think for next week, let's definitely talk about large vision models. I think my article should be out by then. Um, okay. So we can dive, definitely dive deep into, into that. Um, so for this week, and we're going to go on break soon, but for this week, the, the interview is with Irina Cronin. Uh, she is with Dados Technologies and also Infinite Retina. Uh, she's someone oh, yeah. that I, yeah, I, I learn from her every day. We're, we're good friends. Uh, we're working on a few things together. Uh, so she and I will be talking about the work that she's been doing, uh, especially around spatial computing. As everyone knows here, that's a big, big focus of mine in 2024, is spatial computing and AI and the importance that AI and computer vision play in spatial computing. And obviously, you know, gaming, Generation Alpha, and, you know, future of AI wearables. That's all kind of my jam. It all goes for hand in hand at the end of the day. Oh, yeah, it all goes together. So um, the interview will be with Irina Cronin. So um, let's go to the break and then we'll have Irina. Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss. Now I am joined by the amazing, amazing Irina Cronin. She's the SVP of product at Datos Technology and the CEO of Infinite Retina. And someone that I learn from every day, that I admire, that I think is one of those, um, you know, really successful visionary women in tech, spatial computing, AI. Irina, welcome to Tech Magic. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I am thrilled to have you here. And you and I chat very often lately um, about a lot of different things. Yes. Uh, but I want to kind of explore a little bit of the the work that you've been doing, a lot about what you're thinking through when it comes to spatial computing and AI. Um, you've been, you know, you've been you've been part of the, the industry for a very long time. So maybe for folks that might not have come across you, and many people have, but folks that might be new to to who you are and what you do, can you introduce yourself and tell folks a little bit about what you're doing? Sure. So spatial computing is very dear to my heart. And yes, you're right. I've been in the industry since 2015, basically uh, doing consulting with large and also smaller companies, entrepreneurs who are trying to build up spatial computing companies, which include those that do AR, VR, AI, and anything having to do with spatial computing. And just a very brief note, what's spatial computing? Well, It's anything and everything, including software and hardware that you would use 
a person, uh, a virtual being, or a robot to move through, through 3D space. So what I've been doing is consulting in the area and helping as many people as possible to do spatial computing. Yeah. And you're someone that I say, you know, that I always learn from um, in a lot of your posts and a lot of the work you're doing in spatial. Why are you interested in spatial computing? Why do you think it's transformative? Oh my gosh. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) I think we need a whole hour for that one, but we don't, we don't have it. So So the timing, I mean, spatial computing has been around for a while, right? Um, But like recently, fairly recently, it's been with VR because you do need spatial computing. You do need an understanding of 3D space uh, and 3D technology to be able to do VR. But now it's moved into AR where you need 3D space understanding to be able to move through your reality, your existing reality, and to place something on top of it. And then now AI has been around for a while as well. You need computer vision to be able to do spatial computing. So why am I interested in it? I'm an extremely visual person. Uh, I love anything having to do with technologies that has to do with visual stuff. And I've been waiting for this for a very long time. It actually excites me quite a bit. And the timing as to why now is so important for spatial computing well, the Apple Vision Pro is coming out in the spring of next year, and that is a bona fide spatial computing device. So, yes, that is the reason why I'm in the industry. Yeah, it's a, it's a really exciting moment, right? I think we're all holding our breath in just excitement and want to want to see this out in the world. <laughs> um, so, so that's great. And you mentioned AI briefly, but you know, generative AI obviously is all the rage, is what everyone wants to talk about right now. Where do you see AI with respect to spatial computing? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, beyond computer vision and sensor technology, which you do need to do the three D technology stuff with spatial computing. Generative AI is going to completely transform what can be done there. I mean, in terms of both consumers and enterprise people being able to do their own creations and have them in 3D space. Now, I I could tell you that with BR, yeah, there was spatial computing there and there was 3D. And also with phones, with mobile phones, with Niantic and all that kind of stuff, there was AR. But for the first time in the world and in this time period, Uh, people, regular consumers, will be able to have 3D creations that they have created and then be able to place them out in AR if they want to or even VR if they want to. So um, generative um, AI encompasses both text to uh, visual, which is uh, photography, like pseudo-photography, and also video, which is the new thing. So imagine having 3D video that anyone, even a 10-year-old child, can create and visualize. So it's, it's going to be ex- an explosion of 3D visualization and technology. And definitely an explosion, I think, of creativity as well, right? Oh, and, my gosh. You know, yeah. 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 Um, how are you envisioning? So some people, this is a really interesting thing that I keep listening, hearing is like, people are like, oh, the spatial computing is only mixed reality or, or things like that. Or, or we don't need to focus on that right now because we're hyper-focusing on generative AI. How do you balance that? Okay. So generative AI is absolutely amazing. There's no doubt about that. Currently its use is in 2D screens, right? And also in, in writing, let's say, if you do, if you use it for writing, So why not push it a little farther and do it into 3D? I mean, 
its use of generative AI in a space like 3D, which will really make it even more revolutionary. So that's why I think it's super important to understand where generative AI's uh, place is in spatial computing and why spatial computing is going to be the juggernaut for businesses going forward to be able to use 3D technology to show their products for consumers to uh, be able to be able to see their families and for educational reasons to be able to do that as well. So it's, it's just huge. And when you think of who's leading the way, right, in spatial computing and who people need to pay attention to, which companies are you keeping your eyes on? Obviously Apple, right? But like, are there any other companies that you're thinking through or any thoughts around Apple? Okay, so Apple is definitely the the number one um, company that anyone can think of in this reality, new reality. Um, Qualcomm has a, a definite place because it feeds a lot of companies, new companies and older companies in doing spatial computing, including Samsung, which is coming out with a mixed reality headset next year as well. So um, I'd say all the older, well, relatively older familiar names like um older older for us right because we've been in the industry for a while but but some people listening to this podcast they probably have never heard of them so yeah no it's, it's the usual suspects you know the ogs like meta for sure because they're coming out with their ar headset and there will be a mixed reality headset as well and google is cooking up an ar headset and they have been for quite a while and that will be coming out probably in 2025 2026 although it might be sooner. Um, and then, like I said, Samsung and Sony. Oh, my gosh. Sony's been working on an AR headset since like 2018. So I think once the other companies come out with their versions, they will come out with theirs as well. So they're waiting for the you know industry opportunity. Um, so all of those companies and then any other upstarts and, and newbies that come in you know, to, to join the party. Yeah, and I think that there's a lot of conversation around these the future of these devices, right? Um, used, you know, infused with AI, whether it is, you know, the rumors of OpenAI, you know, well, Sam Altman talking to Johnny Ive about doing something, or whether uh. it's the Human AI pin, or, you know, the Apple Vision Pro. There's definitely a lot of talk, I think, especially in Silicon Valley, around what device replaces our computers or what device replaces our mobile phones. Yeah. So any, any, any comments on that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am a huge believer that the Apple Vision Pro will one day, and it might not be so far away, replace uh, computing in terms of the 2D computing, you know, the regular computers that we haul around and the computers at home, and also replace the phone. Now, um, before it replaces the phone, it, it probably will interface with the phone for a, a, a you know, period of time, which will be really helpful. But um, I would say within six years or so, maybe earlier, people will start to gravitate towards using the Apple Vision Pro as their number one resource for computing. That actually leads me to one of my last questions, Irina, which is when you think about the future of the spatial computing ecosystem and the landscape and technology in general. What does that future look like in, you know, five or six years for spatial computing? Maybe as we looked at towards 2029 or 2030, even like, how do you, how do you see that future looking? Well, it's, um, the explosion having to do with media and entertainment is going to be the most obvious thing. 
you know, one of the reasons why Apple has, is getting into this game in spatial computing is to ex- extend its media um, media industry area where they started, you know, with Apple Plus and other things, but it's tough with all the other streaming companies in there to really make their mark. So with the Apple Vision Pro, their media and entertainment area is going to really get much bigger and the offerings that they will have for 3D which won't exist on other headsets. So they're going to have that opportunity to build that up and be the only ones that build it up with their franchise. So that stuff is going to explode. And then I I would think that other companies that are doing mixed reality and AR will also uh, be rallying to make these 3D experiences uh, in entertainment. Um, And then you have the regular uh, older studios that will also rally to do that as well. So I see a lot of the entertainment stuff really bringing that into the forefront for consumers and making it really obvious that that is something that they want and have wanted for a long time, even if they weren't aware of it. Um, Also, in terms of retail buying stuff, oh my gosh, it's going to be like so obvious. I can't wait. I'll tell you that part I'm excited about. (laughs) I've been thinking about it for years. You know, I want to be able to see something in front of me in detail, not in some blurry kind of way, and be able to move around and see, well, do I really want this? And then also for, for you know, trying on stuff in stores and even trying on stuff in, at home, you know, if you want to see if it fits you, if it looks right, I do think that's going to happen. So um, anything from smaller objects to medium objects for the house to even larger objects where you can visualize a car in front of you in your driveway and walk around it and see if you actually like it, you know? Um, These are going to be amazing things that are going to be so obvious for people and at the forefront of this new 3D world. And of course, there are other, you know, there are other very important things like in manufacturing, you'll have people who will be able to fix machines quite easily using this and be able to create them. Uh, as well and blueprint them. And then you have education where if we do ever come up with, you know, um, a virtual education, which I think we will, an educational platform that is truly good at doing that, having 3D visualization is going to be really, really important. And you could also perhaps see some of your classmates doing the 3D visualization as well. So that brings it closer, closer than actually we have now. So there's tons of industries that will be able to pipe into 3D and then both consumers and enterprise will be able to use it. So I think six years to 10 years, it's going to be a regular everyday thing. I love that that, that idea of, of thinking about spatial computing as becoming ubiquitous, right? Mm-hmm. Some way, something that we all do every day and we don't even think about it. Just like we do with our mobile phones. Like we're just, we oh just do Oh my gosh, I'm plastic to my mobile phone. I'm using yeah, my right? mobile phone now to do this, you know, interview. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. One day will be a spatial computer. <laughs> Yeah. That you will use. Um, just my, my last question be, before we wrap up is, you know, because you mentioned, you know, all the potential use cases, industries that are already using it or that are going to be able to use it and, and change their change their businesses. Um, I, I want to talk about developers as well, because I do feel like right now it's hard. It's, it's hard to develop, you know, in some ways. Um, do you think it's going to get easier? Do you think there's an opportunity right now for developers uh, when it comes to spatial computing? 
Absolutely. So I actually know quite a few developers that are developing stuff for the Apple Vision Pro with the Vision OS, right? And um, currently, it is limited for a lot of different reasons, um, including security and privacy. Um, and also, they're, they're fixing a couple of things that will be even better when the headset comes out in uh, spring next year. So there is an opportunity for developers to build for the Apple Vision Pro using the Vision OS and actually a pretty good uh, understanding of what that app is going to be like when the, you're able to build specifically for the headset when it comes out. There are opportunities for developers to go to app places that Apple has, including Cupertino, where they could actually use a headset and build for it directly. And they've been very open with accepting people to do that. And you could go several times. It's not only a one-time thing. You could go, you know, two, three, four, five times. They let you in to be able to develop it. So there is that opportunity with Apple. I wouldn't say for other ones, um, there's a ton of opportunity because they, you know, that you need you need the hardware, right? And then you need the specialized software to do that. And right now, most of the software for um, 3D capability has been with mobile, right, versus uh, headsets. Yeah, we have VR stuff, right, that Meta has come out with. I'm not a big VR person, so I'm not going to, you know, talk too much about that. But with AR, AR now is going to be the big thing, but you do need the headset to be able to do that for consumers. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned the developer labs because I'm I'm heading to an oh. Apple developers lab. Yeah, yeah, with one of my engineers. So it's it's truly an amazing opportunity. Um, obviously, I haven't been, so I don't know, but oh, I know people exciting. that have been invited. Again, um, they applied with developer labs, and if you haven't, if you have, a, if you're an Apple developer and you have certain things and you're already kind of testing out the Vision OS, like there's ways to apply. We we can include a link definitely in the show notes. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really exciting it's a really exciting time, Irina. It's just yeah, it, it's 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 an exciting time. It's exciting to have you on the podcast, um, and I do want to. I want folks like anyone that's listening to the podcast that might you know find what you're saying incredibly interesting, or might want to connect with you or learn more about spatial computing. How can they connect with you? How can they reach you? Okay, so I have my. Um Mail open in X, formerly Twitter. Anyone can reach me there. Um, and you could also reach me via email, which is on my X account, on my X page. So I'm, I'm very easily reached. Um, and if, you know, I could even be reached by phone. You could find that online if you want to, but better reach me by email or X. <laughs> You'll yeah. be texting her up, texting yeah. her in the morning, people, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Twitter. Yeah. You might be up at two in the morning because I know you don't I sleep. Am. You're always working. Amazing. You're like your, your productivity level, Irina is amazing. So anyway, <laughs> bow down to you on that. Um, but anyway, Irina, thanks for being on tech magic. Um, it was, like I said, I always learned so much from you. So thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much, Kathy. I'll be talking to you soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. So that was a really interesting interview with Irina Cronin. Uh, we talked about what is spatial computing? How can it be used in manufacturing? How, you know, all the different things that are happening in that space. And she's someone that I, I definitely follow very closely. So um, very interesting, right, Lee? Very, very. I mean, yeah. it's it's a growing area. And it's one of those things that I think anytime you can get a hold of somebody who can mm -hmm. give you that type of level of insight, I just kind of yeah. like shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> 
So she's fantastic. Um, I, I do want to kind of turn it over now to our producer, Lily Snyder, uh, to do Dispatch from the Fringe. She's going to take us into a deep dive into some of these corporate worlds in the gaming space. So take it away, Lily. Hi, Kathy and Lee. I am back to bring you another Dispatch from the Fringe. And I hope you're ready to journey to Roblox again for the weird news and culture. In an article from The Guardian, Who Wants to Farm Potatoes in the Metaverse? Exploring Roblox Corporate Hellholes. We learn about the real-world brands bringing their real-world selves to Roblox. For instance... The other week, we talked about Ryanair, an unofficial game in Roblox that kids built to be as realistic as possible, even down to the reputation that Ryanair has as a discount airline. Now, other brands are entering Roblox, mostly in Livetopia, the more open game setting. Uh, In Farms of the Future, you learn about potatoes, but not the fun potatoes that you might think in the future, like vertical farming and flying drone harvesters. Instead, you get to learn about soil health, biodiversity, and on-farm resilience to climate change. So that's pretty cool. Visitors to Roblox can choose the right hair color in L'Oreal's Paris Hair Color, part of Livetopia. They can visit Samsung Space Tycoon and go to work mining raw materials like copper and cobalt to turn into Samsung products like Galaxy Watches and Z Flip phones. And let's not forget, even Victoria's Secret is in Roblox. Their brand Happy Nation that is geared towards tweens um, launched their own range of inclusive gender-free products. In their store, you can customize shirts and play obstacle games to win virtual money, which, as you talked about in the show, that's all that kids want for Christmas. So brands are in Roblox, kids are in Roblox. It might sound tedious, but maybe we shouldn't knock it until we try it. And that is your Dispatch from the Fringe. All right. That was awesome, Lee. I mean, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> any thoughts it's one of those do you want like the potatoes and the, do you want fries with that like I okay like, every time Lily's got something I'm not expecting yeah uh, I don't know <laughs> I don't know but super fun super fun uh, and I know people love that segment we've gotten some good feedback on Dispatch from the Fringe so um, we'll continue to bring it to y'all and anyway Lee thanks for joining me for this episode anytime Thank you. Thank you. So thanks to everyone for joining us for Tech Magic. Come for the tech, stay for the magic. We love uh, that we're getting great feedback feedback from everyone. I want to thank all our listeners. Please subscribe, review, share. Uh, this podcast is growing. Thanks to all of you that are listening. And uh, who knows? Maybe that what I put out there in the universe. Maybe we'll have a live tour next year, Lee. Wouldn't that be fun? I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go to London. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but it'll be really fun if we could do some live events next year and, uh, and got to get meet some of the community. So anyway, um, thank you everyone for listening and we will hear you <laughs> and we will see you and we will be here next week. So stay tuned for more Tech Magic. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? 
Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.